Are you ready for the end of the world? Listen to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy for the peace and joy of Mother Earth. Listen to your community spirit every Friday morning from 10 to 10.30. You are listening to your community spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Yesterday, I got to drive through um, about five storms to go to Missouri to go install a solar electric system. Basically... It was just extreme weather. I mean, I was driving along, and all of a sudden, a deluge of water. And then I was driving along, and I get hit by small hail. And then it was like a nice drizzle, and then a windstorm. And this is in a two-and-a-half-hour drive over to Missouri. Coming back, it was this beautiful, sunny, sunshiny day. It just was amazing. In one day, I got hit by so much weather. But that's what they say. Climate change causes extreme weather patterns. Yeah, it does. That's why I like climate change as a term for it better than global warming. Yep. Um, last night I went to the first in a series of the Energy Film Festival, which is put out by the Shawnee Group Sierra Club. Um, this Saturday is another one of the films on the schedule. This Saturday, March 24th, at 6 p.m. at the Town Square Market, which is in downtown Carbondale. The movie is called Power Shift, which explores... Let's see, is that right? Because it seemed like it's a different film. This is an older schedule. Okay, let's see. Are we talking about the one for Saturday? Yeah. Uh, my schedule here says... Uh that it's going to be out of balance. Yeah, that's what I thought. This is an older schedule. It exposes ExxonMobil's efforts to distort the global warming science and debate, and it presents global social changes that must take place to preserve our planet for future generations. This will be a one-hour film followed by discussion, and it's, uh, it's, well, it's tomorrow at 6 p.m. at the Town Square Market. And there is a lot of information on how to save energy and Doing that, saving energy does two things. It saves money, but even more important, it saves pollution. So that is very, very critical. I don't know if you're aware, but this is Women's History Month. Yes. And here's a few things that are going to happen this week. Or Monday, March 26, at the Long Branch Coffee House, the composters. I actually got to see these guys once. It's um, The Composters is an eco-feminist comedy performance. Um, the cost is free, but donations are encouraged, and all the donations proceedings will go to the Women's Center. That's Monday the 26th at 7 p.m. at the Long Branch Coffee House. Also part of Women's History Month, Tuesday... Graduate students and faculty in science, engineering, and technology, recruitment and retention. A panel discussion of special problems in recruiting and retaining women in the above-mentioned academic disciplines. And then 
Wednesday, March 28th, Celebrate Women. Celebrate Women honors um, different scholarship recipients. University Women of Distinction Awards will be presented at this annual event. And then next Thursday, Women Art and Healing. At the WAM Education Building, Room 205, Women, Healing, and Art is a presentation on art as a therapeutic method for survivors of intimate partner violence. And then next Thursday, in the back room of Long Branch, um, Come un image, Look at Me, a film and discussion followed by debate. The film is Lolita is a young student singer with self-esteem issues. She obsesses about being overweight, questions whether she's good enough to make it professionally, and endures a far from harmonious relationship with her father. So that's the film next Thursday. So that's part of Women's History Month. Yes, still lots of happenings left for Women's History Month. And then tomorrow is the 2007 annual owners meeting for the neighborhood co-op. March 24th at the Unitarian Fellowship Hall at 2 at 105 at 105 North Parish Lane in Carbondale. 6 p.m. potluck, 7 p.m. meeting, 8 p.m. music by lifted. So yeah, sounds good. Other that, happenings? Yes, that actually segues nice way, nicely <laughs> into the other happenings I have. There's more classes at the co-op, more cooking classes. The classes fill up quickly, so if you're interested, you can contact them at 529-3533. Uh, but the next one coming up, uh, I still don't know how to say this type of bread, but challah bread, C-H-A-L-A-L. Halal, yes. It's Jewish. You have to do a little ch. Yeah, halal bread. That class is coming up. I probably even pronounced it wrong. Yeah. You got closer than I did, though. Halal, halal. Okay. (laughs) So it's, and you also get to learn how to pronounce it in the class. It's coming up on Saturday, March 31st from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's $10 for owners and non-owners get it for 12 and the chef is Tess Rogers, who was actually uh, just on the radio here on DBX a little while ago doing the Garden of the Gods show. She does a show every Friday morning. Yes, every Friday morning. And the art of making bread is explored in this class. Students learn how to make the braided bread by hand, and after the class, they'll enjoy the bread with soup. So, sounds like fun times. If you would like your happenings to get on this happening radio show, please email, well, Treesong, the happening guy. Yes, you can email me at treesong at treesong.org. I hope you can remember that. Yes. <laughs> so, a few things have happened this week. Yes. In the news, gag, you're it. Congress revisits issue of feds messing with climate science. You've seen this show before, but now it's bigger, longer, and uncut. A heated hearing in Congress has exposed dark truths about federal interference with climate science. Brandishing more than 180 examples of doubt-injecting edits made to three climate reports, the House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform grilled some of the key keep-it-quiet players. Grill E's included oil shill turned White House official turned oil shill Philip Connie, 
and former Bush campaigner and NASA press officer George Deutsch, who resigned when his resume proved fake. Can you feel the trust and goodwill swelling up? Top NASA scientist James Hansen also tells testify, called, calling the, quote, not constitutional, and quote, editing and review process an attempt to confuse the public. Well, I'm definitely confused. While Connolly and Deutsch bag acknowledged their roles, they pleaded the faith. It doesn't say the fifth. It says they pleaded the faith. Quote, when I came to the White House, Connie, and he said, my sole loyalties were to the president and his administration, end quote, who, of course, are all about the truth. Straight to the source, straight, straight, straight to the source, CBS News Associated Press, the 19th of March, and the New York Times, the 20th of March, 2007. Hmm. And let's see. No <laughs> comments? Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I think that one speaks for itself. But I've, it, it's already got my mind on the next story. Because in similar reality-bending news, what you heard is not what I meant. Like, H-E-R-D, what you heard is not what I meant. The Bush administration reinterprets the Endangered Species Act. The Bush administration has quietly issued a new spin on the Endangered Species Act that would have the feds protect imperiled animals and plants only in places where they're in trouble, not where they're thriving or have already disappeared. A memo announcing the change was posted on the Interior Department website on Friday. The Center for Biological Diversity threatened to pursue the issue in court, saying that the new policy could mean 80% of some 1,300 species now listed under the Act would lose their protection. Quote, say I'm an irrig irrigator, said CBD's Kieran Suckling. Say there are 10 fish in a stream. I'm going to kill those 10 fish. Now they are part of the historical range, not the current range, so it doesn't count. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's... Hey, it says suppose. suppose. It says say there are ten fish. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah. So in more uplifting news, the Interior Secretary Dirk Kempthorne said on Friday that the... Did you say dirt? Ah, uh, Dirk. Dirk, oh, okay. I was just like, that's too much. If it's, yeah. <laughs> Nobody had named their kid Dirk. <laughs> Dirk Kempthorne said on Friday that the feds will look into whether some species should be listed as threatened or endangered because of climate change. Oddly enough, he failed to mention the ESA member, memo. Oh, he's so forgetful. <laughs> Straight to the source, MSNBC, Associated Press, on 19th of March, 2007. So a little bit of reality bending going on there. Paying it forward. U.S. investors worth $4 trillion, $4 trillion with the T, beg feds for climate action. For a long time now, the Bush administration has said it can't possibly take action on climate change because it will harm the economy. Now the economy is all like, hurt me, baby, hurt me, baby, please. <laughs> Yet another business-oriented coalition, this one including investors who manage a combined $4 trillion, is begging the U.S. to curb greenhouse gas emissions and create a market-based emissions trading system. A letter aimed at Bush and signed by 65 parties, including companies like 
Alcoa, BP America, and Sun Microsystems, as well as big league money managers Merle Lynch, Alliance, and Calipers, called for 60 to 90 percent cuts from the 1990 greenhouse gas emissions level by 2050. Quote, what businesses need to move forward is a mandatory policy that finally will address the global financial risk of climate change, says Mandy Luber, president of Boston-based Creers, who pulled the new alliance together. It's very hard for business to act without certainty, end quote. Straight to the source, the Boston Globe, the 20th, the Financial Times, the 19th of March, Forbes Associated Press, also the 19th of March, 2007. And in other news, the Cobb Report. Corn Cobb, that is. <laughs> Coalition of ranchers and farmers are fighting subsidies for corn ethanol. It's one thing when dirty hippies oppose your energy independence scheme. But when ranchers, chicken farmers, and pork producers also pile on the hate, that's trouble. An ad hoc coalition is opposing the U.S. corn and ethanol, corn ethanol subsidies and pushing to end U.S. tariffs on Brazilian sugarcane ethanol. Quote, this corn ethanol binge is insane, says Oklahoma rancher Paul Hitch, the president-elect of the coalition cobbling National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Quote, this talk about energy independence and wrapping yourself in the flag and singing God Bless America all that's going to come at a severe cost. Critics say that the effects rippling, oh, critics say that the federal and state subsidies, which hit $5 billion to $7 billion in 2006, are sending corn prices sky high, with effects rippling throughout the farming world. While fuel fans say cellulose ethanol will begin to ease that frenzy by 2012, Hitch and others still worry. Quote, this ethanol thing is driving everybody half nuts, he says. As far as presenting a united front, we certainly can and will. Straight to the source, Business Week, 19th of March, 2007. So I guess ethanol, corn ethanol may not be the magic bullet after all. There's bullets and magic. <laughs> yeah, it's an oxymoron. Well, you never know. Contemporary magic. <laughs> Do you remember what the day was, the tomorrow, the day where we're not allowed to use technology? Oh, you, you, yeah. You, you, you put it out of your mind, didn't you? That I, tomorrow is the day that we're not supposed to use technology. Yeah, oh, it is, isn't it? I wonder if I'm still allowed to go to uh, events that are electricity-powered. <laughs> well, it's mainly the to our addiction to technology. Yeah. So cell phones, PDAs, computers... Just be very, very knowledge, not knowledgeable, but notice how addicted you are. Um, so tomorrow is, it's not turn-off day, but it is a day of acknowledging your addiction to technology. Yes. And just try to, well, at least use it less. Oh. I know I will be unable to not use my cell phone. Yeah, like a... Maybe you could carry around a little notepad, and every time you use an electronic device, put a check mark on the notepad. That would be a good start. <laughs> to just, uh, I was going to say, I could just, you know, put another number in my memo on my phone. Yeah, but then I would keep adding, because then you use <laughs> another number. Doot, 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 doot. So, um, yeah. 
we'll find, or at 12 or 1 a.m. Uh, <laughs> typing busily and finally being able to stop. <laughs> so, severe weather events, weather as in weather or not. Climate action of all kinds takes Capitol Hill by storm. It's already been a full week of rip-roaring climate action on cli Capitol Hill. I almost said Climate Hill. <laughs> After a coalition of investors pleaded for emissions cuts on Monday, hundreds of activists gathered Tuesday for Climate Crisis Action Day. The group heard from Senators John Kerry, Democrat of Massachusetts, Bernie Sanders, Independent from Vermont, as well as Representative Henry Waxman, Democrat of California, who used his moment on the mic to introduce the Safe Climate Act, which calls for 80% cuts from the 1990 emissions levels by 2050. Meanwhile, the country's top utility chiefs said at a House hearing that they weren't opposed to mandatory emission cuts. Invigorating stuff. But it pales in comparison to Wednesday. Al Gore testified <laughs> in the House and the Senate yes. <laughs> as frenzy media circle, including, um, well, I watched it. <laughs> Gore addressed giddy fans and the staunch foes alike. Those who believe all his garbage are going to be excited to death, said Senator Trent Lott, Republican of Mississippi, and the rest of us are going to ignore it. <laughs> Straight to the source, the K Kansas City Star, McClatchy Newspapers, and ABC News Associated Press the 20th and the 21st of March. Yes. Yeah, I didn't get to see the actual video, but I got to see a photograph and read a story about that. Very interesting. So let's see, in other news, and they're off. As ministers gather in Potsdam, Germans are still fuming over speed limit idea. The G8 environmental ministers are spending two days in Potsdam, Germany, chewing over the world's post-Kyoto possibilities with their developing country counterparts. Quote, we are going to speak about the barriers that we have until now held back international climate change negotiations and how to break those barriers, said German eco-minister Sigmar Gabriel, who, it happens, was part of another high-profile conversation about breaking barriers this week. When the European Union Environment Commissioner Stavros Dimas suggested an emissions-curbing speed limit on Germany's famous Autobahn, drivers bristled at losing their freedom, you know, their, quote, freedom to drive fast. A German auto industry trade group said that the industry needed no coaching on protecting the planet, and Gabriel snapped, this is a trivial trivialization of the climate problem. But a recent survey found that 60% of respondents would favor Autobahn speed limits if they cut emissions. Said one speedster, quote, I think anyone with half a brain understands that we all have to change our habits. Straight to the source, BBC News, The New York Times, 16th of March, 2007. And actually, when I read that story le uh, last night, I had an idea. For the Autobahn, maybe they could ha lower the speed limit, but then electric vehicles could still go at whatever speed they wanted. <laughs> hey. It would reward, it would deal with the emissions question, and yet it would reward you for having a renewable energy source. Well, I, in some cities, they have parking lot slots 
you know, that especially, you know, cities who have parking problems, they have slots just for electric vehicles. And so you can always find yourself a slot. Well, mm-hmm. it's becoming less and less so because, well, people are buying electric people vehicles. now, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'll have to contact uh, public officials in Germany give them that idea. So, you mean bombing doesn't help? Four years of war has not improved Iraq's environment. Really? <laughs> After four years, years of U.S.-led war and two Saddamized decades, uh, I like that one, Saddamized decades, Saddamized. preceding it, Iraq's water, land, and air are in rough shape. Quote, the Tigris and Eupatriots, I think that's how you pronounce it, Eupatriots rivers are essentially open sewers, says Azam Alwash of Nature Iraq, who says cleanup is needed on over 500 industrial plants that would qualify for Superfund status in the U.S. Of course, bombing debris litters the country, diesel and gas fumes fill the air, oil burning factories spew black smoke and oil has reportedly been pumped into leaky reservoirs and set on fire. Despite two bright notes in this sad song, the restoration of marshlands drained and burned by Hussein during his tenure, and the recent improvement of sewage treatment plants, the the country's 26 million people are not, as they say, in a good place. And though their polluted surroundings are a threat to their health, says Al-Wash, quote, it is not an important issue when you step outside and get a bullet to the head. Fair enough, fair enough. Straight to the source. Interpress Service and Seed Magazine, the 21st and 22nd of March. Yes. I'm glad to hear about the marshes, at least. I'd actually heard about that happening, and glad to hear they're doing something to restore it. Let's see. In other news, aren't you glad you used dial? World sweats through the warmest winter on record. Congratulations, global citizens, for weathering the warmest winter in the Northern Hemisphere since record-keeping began in 1880. From December to February... 1880. Yes, 1880. Not 1980 or 1280. (laughs) 1880. From December to February, combined land and ocean temperatures were 1.3 degrees Fahrenheit above the average says a National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration study published last Friday in Science. El Nino helps make January the warmest January ever. The only places in the world that did not experience above average temperatures were Saudi Arabia, Iraq, and the central U.S. Another study published in Science on Friday suggests that the North Pole, where end-of-summer ice has declined 8.6% per decade, or 38,000 square miles per year since the 1970s, that it could be end-of-summer ice-free by 2100. And that's the conservative estimate. One climate model predicts a watery September Arctic by 2040. Yet another study published in Science cites concerns about the effect on sea level rise of four glaciers in the Antarctic. Oh, and you thought Mondays were bad. Guess last Friday was a pretty bad one. Straight to the source, MSNBC, The Guardian, Los Angeles Times, and The Washington Post, all on 16th of March, 2007. Now the most important news of the day, Hogwarts. Hmm. Hogwarts and all, the seventh and alas, final. Oh no. Harry Potter book goes green. 
Is Draco Malfoy green with envy or just the paper he's printed on? With only 121 days until the last Harry Potter hits the shelves, and hey, <laughs> we're not counting. U.S. publisher Scholastic has partnered with the Rainforest Alliance to green up Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. The 784-page book will, be, will have a first printing of 12 million copies in the U.S. and nearly two-thirds of the 16,700 tons of paper will be certified by the Forest Stewardship Council as coming from sustainable timber. It's the largest ever purchase of Forest Stewardship Council certified paper to be used in a single book printing, and the Whooping Willows are certainly thankful. In addition, the books will contain at least 30% recycled fiber, while the deluxe edition, with a mere printing of a first printing of a mere 100,000 copies, will be printed on 100% recycled paper in a renewable energy-powered factory. Muggle-rific. So okay. Fewer trees will die, but will Harry? It's really something, the only thing we really think about these days. <laughs> Straight to the source, The Guardian, MSNBC.com, Associated Press, and Reuters, the 21st and the 20th of March, 2007. So, well, so we still have enough time. We could probably go through some of the headlines of the remaining stories. We have... Uh, Turnip out is fair play. The FDA issues voluntary produce safety guidelines. Uh, more of those voluntary guidelines. <laughs> um, the Sierra Club makes a groundbreaking deal with the Midwest utility. Everything's up to date in Kansas City Power and Light. The Sierra Club will no longer sue Kansas City Power and Light for not being, you know, environmentally friendly because they're going to pollute less and um, install some rin renewable energy and energy efficiency and install some a couple hundred windmills. So. Yeah. And other news, Russia is going nuclear, the U.S. is going nowhere, and Cambodia is going wild. Uh, Cambodia? Yes. All right. I guess it's become a haven for threatened wildlife. <laughs> well... The first day of spring was really hot, and it still is really hot. It was only like 80 yesterday. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if I can handle summer here. <laughs> yeah. If this is spring, I'm going to kick some butt. Yeah, we'll if, see how summer goes. If it's even warmer than usual, we may have to talk with some people. <laughs> I, but I definitely want to go swimming. I mean, first day of spring... 81 degrees. Yeah. I should have went swimming. We may have to start working at night when it's cool out and then sleep during the day. Sounds like a Latin way of living. <laughs> Siesta. Siesta. Okay. We'll see you again next week. It'll still be this month. Yes, it will. If only just barely. April is Earth Month. Plan to do something for the Earth. Maybe not all month, but at least one day. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's it. That's it. Enjoy the new springtime weather. You gonna want to play something? Oh uh, yeah, we can throw on uh, because of the science stories we've talked about. I thought I'd throw on. She blinded me with science. Ooh. <laughs> so enjoy as you enjoy your springtime day. <laughs> <laughs> 